You're listening to Strictly Business Podcast with Lindsay Williams. As always on a Monday, we speak to Katie Katapodis from Nala Media. We're going to talk about the newspapers over the weekend, the newspapers today from a both a South African and international perspective. Katie, I get the impression that South Africans are a little bit tired of South African news now. And I was reading the Times Live and uh, Mail and Guardian and all those other online offerings. And I just felt that there was this sort of lethargy about the news this weekend. One thing, though, that I have picked up this morning from bdlive.co.za is public protector accuses Cyril Ramaphosa of failing the constitution. That's quite a statement. It certainly is quite a statement to make. And this all goes down to what some may say is uh, the politicization of the public protector's office. And it's related to Pravin Gordon, Minister Pravin Gordon. If you remember just before the elections, Lindsay, um, a very interesting a statement was released by the Public Protector's Office in which she basically found that Pravin Gordon was guilty of improper conduct. And mm. in fact, let me correct myself, it was just before the announcement of the President's Cabinet and just after the elections. And of course, this raised a whole lot of questions about whether or not Pravin Gordon would be reappointed as a minister in President Cyril Ramaphosa's Cabinet and if he was to be appointed, what the implications would be. And if he weren't to be appointed, what the implications would be. So essentially, uh, the argument was that Busisiwe Mkwabani, the public protector, was playing politics by issuing that report so close to the announcement and just prior to the announcement of the cabinet. Um, the president went ahead and appointed the minister. Yes. irrespective of this report. And now the public protector is essentially saying that he may have failed to uphold the constitution by doing so, and in fact by not acting against Minister Pravin Gordon. And we know that he's the Minister of Public Enterprises, and that portfolio is huge because it is it is essentially in, in charge of, um, of ESCOM, of South African Airways, and, and these are, um, these are uh, SOEs under, under enormous pressure at the moment. SOEs will continue to be under enormous pressure and hopefully the funding situation can be sorted out. Now, I I can't get away from business, Katie. Yes. But I have to in in this case. And there's something in the mail, sorry, in the Times Live. It's a very unsavory headline. It says here, Gupta brothers fined for littering, defecating in the open after son's weddings. Now, you may not have read this one, but they had a wedding Excuse me. The Gupta brothers, AJ and Atul, have been fined for littering after the lavish weddings of their sons generated about 32 tons of rubbish at a ski resort in an environmentally sensitive area in India. Now, people are dragging up Gupta stories because obviously the Guptas are inextricably linked with South Africa's past and maybe even a little bit in the future as well. But it's, it's an extraordinary story. And I have to ask you one thing. Have you ever met the Guptas or interviewed them? Ah, what an interesting question that is. I have met the Guptas, in fact. I have met the Guptas on two occasions. Okay. Um, the one is not public knowledge, so this will be the first time that we actually discuss it publicly. It's an exclusive. But, but, well, something like that. But I was offered a job many, many years ago by one of the Gupta brothers, and namely Atul Gupta. Mm. I promptly uh, turned it down. It certainly wasn't something, and I'm very, very grateful for turning it down at the time. Um, It wasn't an inspiring uh, meeting at all. And in fact, he got very teary-eyed when when I challenged him on on what would happen if I was about to run a story and um, 
it was not favorable towards the then government or the then president? And would I have the editorial independence and control and authority to carry that story? And oh, in a very, very roundabout way, Mr. Gupta proceeded to tell me in a teary way as well. Yes that all they ever wanted to do was to help South Africa and South Africans. And now um, history has shown us that that definition of help is certainly not the kind of help, and I use that rather sarcastically and in inverted commas, that South Africans would ever want. And in fact, they did the very opposite of help this country. But, but uh, they certainly helped us or plunged South Africa into a Gupta uh, related crisis. So that was that was the one time I met the one Gupta brother. Yes. The other time I met the Gupta brother was at the um, Saxon World Compound. Yes. And that that was this big, big home that they had rented or bought, I'm not quite sure, in Saxon World, a rather posh area in Johannesburg here. And uh, very near to uh, uh, to the to the Joburg, um, to the beautiful Joburg Zoo and to the beautiful uh, Zoo Lake. But I was invited there with my then colleague, Stephen Curtis, um, also not a, um, not, an, a, not a favorable meeting, if you like, because Stephen Curtis at the time was interviewing a Gupta brother. And um, we insisted that we played this interview. And it was just, uh, it, it ended up being an absolute mess. That interview never saw the light of day because they confiscated our equipment. They confiscated our recording equipment, so we didn't actually they have the confiscated your personal possessions. Yes, uh, Stephen Curtis has actually gone on to write to write quite a bit about that particular meeting, and um, I was at the Saxon World Compound at the time. Hmm. This, this is a fascinating uh, insight that you've just given us. Were your hackles raised, and did you suddenly, w when you first met them, did you realise the extent of their influence in South Africa? The first time you met them, did you suddenly, did you no, suddenly no, no. think there's something definitely wrong not. here? No, I definitely didn't realise the extent, but um, I knew at that meeting that that was not the kind of job one ever wanted to take up, and I was able to, you know, to promptly say thank you, but no thank you at the time. Um, but no, no one at the time realised, this is many, many years ago, no one at the time realised the extent. And the extent, Lindsay, is only being discovered now, and I think we've still got a long road ahead of us as South Africans mm. to truly uncover what the Guptas did and didn't as for the mess they've made post-wedding, us for the pictures was horrific. Yeah, indeed. Uh, talking about horrific, the man Donald Trump, I think, I have to say that his childlike sort of spontaneity did work this weekend. He sent out a tweet and said, why don't you meet me at the uh, demilitarized zone to Kim Jong-un? And it happened. And it, I watched with a good deal of fascination the way that this whole story unfolded. And you have to have a grudging respect for Mr. Trump just on this one occasion, Katie, even though you loathe the fellow. It is so interesting that you say this, Lindsay. It is so interesting because I actually read all of this and I've read the articles post that and I saw the tweet and I actually paused for a moment and I put my um, anti-Trumpism aside and I thought, yes. sure, I actually think this man has done something here. He has. So, yes, I think he's done something really important and quite historic and for a U.S. president to be standing on the soil as he himself. So, so, yes, I'm going to give him the credit here. Let's see how exactly it unfolds, but I will give him the credit. 
Mm, very good. And also the meeting with President Xi. I mean, Katie, you and I know that this is not going to amount to anything. It was just a, a reality television moment. I mean, the ultimate reality television moment by walking across that line from South Korea to North Korea. We also know that the meeting with President Xi was just purely superficial. And the, the real people, the intelligent people, the negotiators on the trade tariff war We'll have to do a lot of work in the future, but uh, Mr. Trump has out-trumped himself. It was really an extraordinary weekend for him. Well, the optics were unbelievably powerful, and nobody can deny that. Uh, the optics of, of, of him crossing that line and walking, it was, it, was, it was really a stroke of genius. And I don't say those words easily or lightly when I talk about Donald Trump, hmm. but um, I, I must give him the credit. It was a stroke of genius. Yes, it really was. Katie, thank you so much for your time, as always, on a Monday. Katie Kataposis is the founder and supremo behind Nala Media, and we'll be speaking the same time next Monday. That podcast was proudly brought to you in association with sharenet.co.za.